Control-Alt-Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 97.7. Good morning. It's 7-11, and there's Miss Joel. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning, Terry. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing fine for a Monday, to be honest with you. It's very... <laughs> new very Monday, Monday, new home? <laughs> well, it's um, a long story, and I don't want to bore you with the details, but... Um, Yes, I escaped Griffintown, and as my punishment from the technical gods, I am sitting on the floor of my garage holding my laptop on my knees and uh, listening to a delay in my headphones, which is nobody's problem except mine, of course. But I had nothing but uh, technical issues all morning long, so I'm just pleased I can hear you. I'm just setting off fireworks. Can you hear them? The fact you're out of Griffintown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, uh, by the way, on the hook uh, for the apartment till uh, May. So if you're looking for an apartment in Griffintown, call me. <laughs> <laughs> it's Terry's uh, list instead of Craig's list. <laughs> listen, uh, this is a nice connection we have by Skype this morning with you. Yeah, I've been begging the good people at Shome FM and Bell Media to hook this up, and I think we have it, and now it'll sound like we're just sitting next to each other like always. So okay, um, I want to start with the, the GameStop thing. As you point out, I know a lot of people might be sick of hearing it, um, but not being a financial guru, um, here's my take on it. Um, it's the financial version of uh, the big boys sitting, waiting for a patient to die, betting that a patient is going to die and a bunch of people swoop into the room a bunch of little guys swoop into the room and uh, try and revive the patient and the people waiting for the patient to die are mad is is that uh, a little bit uh, too elementary no i think you're exactly right and the anger that we're seeing from the hedge funds and the what we'll call professional financial institutions is that their own financial instruments were simply used in the same way in which they use them. They may not like it. They may not like the reality of it. But it is up to the market in general to decide what a company is worth. And, and the greater issue here, which I think you can appreciate more, Terry, because you're a deep thinker, is this whole thing really illustrates, and I hope it does to everybody listening, that the actions of Wall Street and public markets are getting more and more detached from the actual functioning of what these businesses are actually doing, how much money they're generating, what the potential is for the future. We talked last week about Clubhouse and how big it's gotten as a social media entity. This is a company with eight to 10 employees. It just got about a valuation of over a billion dollars. It's only available on Apple iOS. It's not available on Android. It's not available on your computer. It's invite only. There is no monetization model within it whatsoever. We have to really look at these stories as an indicator of what are we investing in. And Warren Buffett said it from day one. You have to do your own research. Don't just follow. Don't be a lemming. So basically, the big boys were betting that GameStop was going to fail. And a bunch of people who were sitting at home in their basements bought stock, propping GameStop up and made the gajillionaires mad. So have I got that right? Kind of. When we invest in a stock, we invest in it low and hoping that it goes higher. Short selling is you're betting on the fact that it's going to do poorly, as you said. 
the way in which these financial instruments are used get very, very complex. And there was a whole array of financial instruments that were used to do this. But people gathered on Reddit, felt that it was unfair what these hedge funds were doing, identified certain companies, GameStop being one of them, AMC being another, and decided to use some of these financial instruments. And I would not say that they're just sitting in their basement. These are very, very intelligent people, but used things like their stimulus checks to not just buy GameStop, but financially benefit from it as well, demonstrating that it doesn't take much to move the market if there's an interest or a group of parties interested, whether you want it to go higher or lower. Yeah, and I, I didn't mean to cast aspersions. I know there are a lot of day traders, but this, this went beyond day traders, right? You, you mentioned there's a lot of people who were doing this literally part-time and they were able to drive the market, but that's the way the market's set up. Yeah, and you, you're not buying stocks as one-on-one -on -one in an instant like this. You're using different, like I said, I keep using the word financial instruments because they're quite complex in terms of the hedge business and gammas and betas and all these things you can do. It wasn't as simple as let's just buy a bunch of it. There were ways in which they were purchased in different ways from different financial institutions that really moved the market. But it demonstrated both the wisdom of crowds and the fact that these systems have a lot of issues, which we've known forever, but that's pretty traumatizing when you think that the vast majority of people have you know, their future and their retirement banking on this stuff. All right, uh, let's move to um, another uh, creepy story on the, the internet. Spotify has a patent to monitor my speech. Is this what I'm reading here? A good hat tip to our buddy Esteban who passed this over to me. And yes, Spotify has created a patent that they've been given to monitor users' speech to recommend music. Now, that sounds interesting. You might go into Spotify or another music service and choose the types of stuff you want. And based off of what you're clicking and, and listening to, it will optimize against that. But now what they're saying is we have the ability to take things like intonation. We have things, we can take things like accents, we can guess age, we can guess gender, we can guess mood that they're in. Uh, Amazon and Alexa have been speaking for a while about how their voice technology is smart enough to detect whether there might be depression in the voice. And so we can look at this and go, well, this is interesting. If I'm really angry, they'll play really angry music. Or if I'm from a certain part of the world, they might play a more popular band here than over there. But overall, I just get a bit of that chill up my spine that goes, one, does this technology yeah. actually work? Or are they just patenting something that they can or will develop or are thinking about? But either way, imagine a world where all selection is based off of their ability to capture everything about you based off of the tone of your voice. <laughs> okay, um, a quick word about clipping your toenails at a Zoom meeting, please. <laughs> Would you ever do that? No. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, listen, I know the pandemic has thrown us into a world of, you know, new behaviors and, uh, you know, new circumstances. Me sitting on my garage floor this morning trying to get a radio program together. But um, I think behavior, it behooves us to keep some behaviors intact, don't you think? I do. And the headline that sparked this was from Wired magazine. It was actually Wired in, in the UK. And the title of the article was No, Don't Smoke in Zoom Meetings. And I had my friend Leibowitz moment where all I thought to myself is, what? 
like you're like really you're really like this is what you're doing <laughs> and it it goes through a litany of offenses and they range from being as crazy as uh smoking in zoom meetings falling asleep in your zoom meetings drinking during a zoom meeting now these are fundamentally people who might have been looking to be <laughs> excused from their profession <laughs> but I've heard many, I mean, uh, uh, Whitney Cummings has a very amazing rant on Instagram way, way back on how it's going to be a long road back because she's seen her colleagues, you know, eating a bowl of cereal over their face, crunching into Zoom. And she's like, I don't know if I can go back to the office after we've seen this. So <laughs> there are a litany of offenses and the general sentiment might be when you show up on Zoom, why not pretend like you're actually in the office at a physical meeting? Certain things we can and can't control. You know, a little baby on the lap, someone comes in and disrupts you. Uh, but even things as simple, I would argue, and I don't know how you feel about this, Terry, but if you're going to be in your bedroom because you're living in a small space and it's just the only place you can work, maybe make your bed. Maybe yeah. not have your bed be all yeah. messy and stuff everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I, You know, right from the get-go, I made sure that I, I kept my routine uh, showered, shaved, got dressed, and then did my commute down the hallway. Um, and with the exception of this morning where I'm sitting on the garage floor, um, tried to maintain sort of a, an office-like atmosphere. I think that, you know, I think that helps you, um, I just think that helps you perform like you would if you were at the office and you shouldn't be doing... You know, we've talked about this before with, for people who are on the Metro. I'm not a big fan of people clipping their nails on the Metro or eating a garlic tuna sandwich on the Metro either. So I just, uh, like you say, get dressed like you're going to the office. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, it's a basic thing. And the other trick you can do is turn on your Zoom before your camera and just look, Have a look. at not just you, but around you. What yeah, does it look and feel like? Yeah. Um, okay, what's your app of the week? Oh, I love this one because we're talking about Zoom and offices and having to share and work together. There's an amazing extension, which is an app for Google Chrome called Screenity, S-C-R-E-E-N-I-T-Y, S-C-R-E-E-N-I-T-Y. And it allows you to record your screen and annotate your screen. And that includes with a video view. So let's say someone says, hey, Mitch, uh, let's talk about this document or can you send me your thoughts? You don't just have to send them the document. You can actually shoot some video, show them the web screen, show them what you're thinking. And I love this ability. Usually the software is very, very expensive and quite cumbersome to use. I've been playing with Screenity and been really loving it. It's a very great productive way to share if someone's struggling with how to set something up or do something on the computer. It's great. It's great for demos with you. If you have clients, if you want to share things with other employees, I love it. It's called Screenity. It's a screen recorder and annotation tool, and it is 100% free. Fantastic stuff. Great to have you. Great to have you on Skype. Sounds great, Mitch. We'll do it again next Monday. Welcome home, Terry.